chapter nine. The other day I was watching this video and it was of a race. There was these cars and they was driving on a road track and they was going just as fast as they can because you know the whole point in the race is to win, to be the fastest one there. None of these these racers had had a chance to to test drive the track track before. It was a new track and so they were all confused as to which way to go. And so as they raced on this track, they showed this one spot and the cars were coming and they was going as fast as they could. They went over a hill. And then right after you go over the hill, there was a curve. None of them knew that. So they come over the hill, they was getting airborne. They was trying to move as fast as they can. And every one of them slammed into the side of the, the turn. And you see some of them keep trying to go. There was parts of the car hanging off. And, and, and one or two of them just got out. One guy got out, got mad, threw his helmet down. And then he looked up, saw a car, and he took off running. You know, I got to think about a verse when I read that. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 24 of chapter 9, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery do temperate in all things. Now, they that do obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty. I fight, so I fight, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body and bring it under subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So Paul's taking this and reminding that we're all basically in a race. If you think about it, there everybody's in it and, and and there's only you know the finish line now there's different ways you can finish the race but everybody will finish this race we started the day that we took our first breath and we 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 go different ways through it and different things happen and you got to be careful in this race that we run because it's, it's a race that that uh, if you're not careful, you can have a wreck. If it's a race, and you can you can get off track. How many of you have ever gone out hiking or gone somewhere and gotten lost because you kind of got off track of where you were going? And I thought about this race, the life that we run, and I said, you know, sometimes I run it well, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I get wayward and I get lost. Sometimes I have crashes and different things happen. But there's no stopping this race until you either take your last breath or the Lord comes back. One of the two. That's the only way for this race to win, to end. And, and the, you, you'll know you won when, with the outcome of where you're at, I guess is the best way to say when you take that last breath. But I got to thinking about it, and I said, you know, if it's a race, he said here, he says, you, they, they people run these races, and this is why, because they want to obtain the crown. And that's what they used to give them. They gave them a crown. If you won, you got the crown, and, and everybody knew. And he said, these people were running a race for, for a corruptible crown, because they'd give them a reef. They'd give them something before long, it'd be gone. And you think about it, before long, that people wouldn't remember the, they, who won the race. He said, but we run for an incorruptible crown. We have something much better that we're running for. 
As I thought about that, and, and he talks about how he brings his body under subjection towards the end. And I said, you know, in this race that we run, we've got to stay on top of it constantly. We've got to be sure we're doing the right things. And we've got to be careful, one, that we don't go running wayward. Uh, uh, we could become like the prodigal son. Everybody knows the story of the prodigal son. He had everything. He had a father who loved him. The father was well off, but the boy wanted more than what he had. And he asked for it. The Bible tells us that he went and he, he lived a riotous life and just basically he blew everything he had. And he, and he came back and as he was there in the pig trough, he came to himself and he said, you know, even in daddy's house, the servants are better off than I am. I'm just going to go ask and say, can I just be a servant in your house? And he came home and his father restored him. And you know, I, I know that we read this and it's not a, that story is not a thing saying you could go out and sin, but it's a story about forgiveness. It's a story about grace being given. And you know, and I know in my life, and I know this by experience, I know it by what the scriptures say, God takes someone who goes wayward and brings them back. Now that's, that's not always happened, but a lot of times it does. And as I thought about that, I said, Lord, you know, there's been many times in my race, in my life that I've gone off this way and I've done things I shouldn't. And maybe you've had thoughts you shouldn't. You've done things you shouldn't. But God still loves you. Amen. You know, and Paul told us a lot about that. And he said in Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 30, he five, he said, Who shall separate us from the Lord, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. So he's saying, you know, all these things happen to us and all these bad things. And you think sometimes we think that God separates from us. But he, he's not with us. How many of you have gone through bad experiences in your life and you say, I don't think, that it, it didn't even seem like God was there. But here Paul reminds us of all these things he said. He, and every one of them, he said, tribulation, distress, when you're persecuted or just famine or, or when you're poor and different things. He said this, uh, he said, like, we're like sheep that, that uh, are counted for slaughter. And, you know, a sheep, they can't get out of it. All these bad things can happen. All kind of horrible things can happen to you. But listen to the next verse. He said, nay, in all these things, all these bad things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He said, God basically never, you've never lost you. Listen to what he said. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a powerful promise. And you think about that prodigal son who, who went off and he lived, and basically, you, you, you have to really understand what he did to his dad. He basically said, Dad, 
I'll be better off when you're dead and out of my life. Give me what's mine. The boy didn't earn it. It was going to be an inheritance. But dad gave it to him. But you know, you think about it. As he's out living this life and his father knew how he was probably living. Knew what he was going to do. Because the Bible tells us in that story that he watched daily for his son to return. And when he saw him at a long distance off, he went running to him. You see, that's the way God is. God knows that you're going to sin. He knows that you're going to get wayward in your walk. We can't help it. We're human. We're sinful by nature. Well, you know, if you ever meet somebody that says they don't sin, you need to say you need to get an altar. You need to beat me there because you're lying to yourself and you're lying to God. And Paul said none of that, though, can separate you from the love that God has for you. See, he wants us to walk right. He tells us, run this race. Can anything separate us? And you think, no, it can't. We're victorious. We're more than conquerors. So if he loves us that much, what should we do? You know, I think one, we ought to do what the Bible says. We need to be strong. You know, one of the reasons why we get wayward, we get weak. Yo, uh, I, I found a lot of times I, my weakness comes when I think I'm okay. Is anybody else like that? I think, hey, I got everything right. Everything's going my way. So, God, I guess I just don't need you. Instead of listening, instead of following, instead of doing what God tells me to do, Steve takes control. And I'll be like that, for that, that last racer I said, was telling you about that race. As he come over the hill... He wasn't far behind another car. He could see in the distance that this car is going to crash. There's no other way around it. You see him desperately trying to slow down so that he don't make the same mistake all the rest of them do. But he panicked and he turned wrong and went this way instead of this way and hit the wall over here before the curve. I said, that's Steve. I see something coming. I go, ah! Boom! When Steve's in control. See, and God says, be strong. Do what I want you to do. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see, if we would do that to start with, there wouldn't be no running a race on, on your own. You'd have everything you need and God would be right there with you. But there's so many times I rush out of the house. I'm so busy I don't think about it and I get away from what God tells me to do. I'm not being strong. My strength doesn't come from anything I do. It comes from God. In Zephaniah, or Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, the end of the verse it says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. That's where my power comes from. It's not by nothing I do. It's by my Lord. He grants it to me. He gives me grace. He gives me with Be strong. Be a, and put on that armor because you're going to have to fight a battle while you're out there running that race. Be obedient to what God tells you to do. 
Listen to this. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, we, we say that, Lord, you are everything. I mean, you ask a lot of people, I say, God's first in my life. How many of you ever said that? God's first in my life. How many of you realize most time when you say it, you're lying? If we love him, we'll keep his commandments. We'll have him first in our life. But a lot of times he's that, well, it's like that thermostat on there. You got to do a lot to get to it. Be obedient. Be strong. Put on that armor of God. It pays off. Listen to this. If you want to know why you ought to be obedient to God as a child of God, listen to this. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 14 says this. If thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, I will lengthen thy days. God said, I'll give you a long life. I know what things gave me an eternal life. Amen. Yeah, I think about how he watches over And I realize that as stupid as I am, he's got to be watching over me. Be strong. Be obedient. Do it with your whole heart. You know, I think part of our problem of, and the reason we go wayward is because we don't give God everything that we ought to. The psalmist said in Psalms 119, verse 2, he says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies. He put the word and. What's a powerful word right there? Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. See, I think about that, that young rich man who went up to Jesus and, and, and said that he kept all the commandments. Y'all remember that? And Jesus looked at him and said, you lack one thing. Sell what you have and follow me. And boy, he rushed down the pawn store shop, got rid of everything, didn't he? The Bible says that no. He left and he was upset because of the stuff that he had. What, what's the end in your life? You, you might say, I, 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 I do everything I can to follow the Lord. But there's always that and or that but. What is it? Do you seek him with all your heart? See, if we would do that, we wouldn't go wayward. We, we would stay true to the Lord because that would be the first and foremost foremost. Well, I mean, think about this. When you get up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? For a lot of us, it's run to the coffee pot. No, well, don't, you know, don't talk to me until I've had my pot and a half of coffee. Don't talk to me until I've made a plate of bacon. I've got my mask. But when do we put God in there? When are we seeking Him? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. When are we being obedient to the word of God in our life? So what's the last thing on your mind before your head hits the pillow? A lot of us is what we got to do tomorrow. <clears throat> we ought to start in with God every day. 
be obedient to the scriptures and he'd keep us going on the right path. I, I, the other day I had to take my son his glasses and he, he works down in, in, at Welburn Cabinets. That's Ashland. I've been there a couple times and I never can find that place. So I get my GPS because there's so many little roads down there like they got attacked by an owl. It was night. I was driving down the street that come right at me. So I'm hunting for the road, and I'm trying to find it. I miss it, and it kept telling me, turn around, turn around. You know what Steve did? Kept going forward. <laughs> I didn't listen. Before long, my, my, my paved road turned dirt, dirt turned to gravel. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to back up because I can't turn my truck around. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it popped on there. Turn right, 300 feet. Like, there ain't nothing in 300 feet. So I didn't turn right. They tell me, turn around, turn around. So I stopped and I backed up. Went back to where I was to get back online. You know, that's a life for a lot of us. God says, turn around, turn right, turn left. Oh, I've got it better. I know more. Before long, you become a wayward Christian. Before long, you, you're lost. Seek Him with your whole heart. Some of us, we need to run the race. And do something a lot of us don't like to do, and that's get out of our comfort zone. Matthew 15, 21 through 28 says this. Then Jesus went thence and departed from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out to the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and says, Am I not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel? Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, True, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, Woman, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. See, what you might not know is that this woman was a Gentile. Jesus was a Jew, and if you was a Gentile living amongst Jews, you knew you didn't speak to them. They didn't have nothing to do to you, with you. She had to go to Jesus. She cried after him over and over. He even makes it look like he ignores her. So that was getting out of her comfort zone to go to a Jew to ask for help. How many of us are willing to get out of our comfort zone to seek Jesus, to be obedient, to be strong? See, a lot of times we get comfortable in the things that are around us and we forget sometimes you've got to get up and do things. You know, if you're running a race, 
I, I had to go to the heart doctor the other day. You know the first question they always ask? Well, after they tell me I'm fat. But right after that, they said, can you walk a mile? I said, yeah, I can walk. Can you do it in 30 minutes? I said, yeah, I can do it in 30 minutes. Said, can you do it faster? I said, it depends on what's chasing me. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. They said, what do you do? I said, I'm a supervisor. They said, do you ever get up and move around? I said, yeah, I have to. Well, that's good. Because if you don't, you're going to lose it. And that's true. If you got muscles you don't use, you lose them. If you're running the race and you sit down, you become comfort, you start to lose that which you have, which makes you who you are. Are you willing to get out of the comfort zone? You think about this. The disciples said, Lord, send her away. Could you imagine the looks on their face and as they looked at this woman who keeps crying after Jesus? It was probably enough to make her want to leave, but yet she was persistent. She had to do it. She knew there was a reason. And you think about God's called us to be his ambassadors. Are you doing what he's called? Or are you just sitting there? Well, it's not easy, so I'm not going to do it. I like easy. Be willing to seek. <coughs> the psalmist said in Psalms 27 verse 8, when thou sayest, seek my face, my heart say unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. God said, seek me, are you? Are you willing to do it? You're like, it's too hard, I can't do it. I asked you once, Lord. I asked you once, you didn't answer me. Paul said he asked three times. Lord finally said, no. That's the reason I'm not answering Sometimes I think we, we, we treat a lot like sometimes we treat people in our life. Well, I told my wife once I loved her. Wasn't that enough? No, she likes to hear it more than that. Lord says, be willing to seek me. Be willing to do what God tells you to do. James said this. He said, listen to what he says. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. He said, for if any be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in the glass. For he beholdeth himself to go his way and straightforward. What manner of man was he? Forgetting what manner of man he was, he, is he. Sometimes when we're not doing what God says, we're like that. When you go to a beer, you just glance at yourself. Maybe you've ever done that. Just you know, you're on the way out the house and just glance at yourself. Tell you what happened to me this past week. I got up, went to work. It was after lunch, and I'm in the office. And one of my employees walked in. And he said, "Steve, I got a question for you." Well, he said, "Did you get dressed in the dark?" <laughs> well, it was early. <laughs> Why you ask? Shirts on inside out. <laughs> the bad, I got dressed, went and brushed my teeth and combed what few hairs I have and all that, put my contacts in, and never noticed <laughs> my shirt was inside out. <laughs> Just like being a doer of the word, when you're not doing, you don't realize how you look. You think everything's fine. I just glanced up and knew I had a shirt on. That was good. 
<laughs> Sometimes in our life, we're like that. God says, I want you to do what the Word says. You realize how foolish we look when we claim to be a Christian, but we don't act like it. When we claim to be a child of God, but we act more like the world. Be a doer of the Word. You're running a race to obtain a crown. You see, you, you, I think sometimes we forget about that because, you know, being a child of God, it's not like every day God just says, here, let me do this, let me give you these blessings. Because the Bible tells us we're going to have persecution, we're going to have peril, we're going to have heartache, and it continues on. But we know what we are doing. When one day we take the final breath or if the Lord comes back, we'll be face to face with Jesus. We'll stand before him one day and we'll give him the count of our life here. Not of our for salvation because that's already assured. When I asked Christ in my life as a child of God, when I accepted him as my Savior, my salvation was taken care of. How many of y'all remember that day? I was a young man. I didn't know much about the Bible, but I was told about a man who loved me. And two men came and they shared the gospel with me. I never had heard it that way. They told me about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then they told me, you're the world. See, if you were the only one, God would have done that. He would have gave his son for then they share with me the verse that every man was a sinner. And as a young boy, I understood that because I did things that were wrong. And they said, you know, when you have sin in your life, you can't get to heaven. And there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. So if you should confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Now, I remember that. I got on my knees and I, they led me in a prayer. And it was a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I can't get to heaven without you. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a new creature in Christ. Amen. I remember praying that prayer. And afterwards, this, this, this feeling came in my heart. And I remember it just as plain as day. I didn't know nothing about God. I didn't even know anything about who Moses was, but I knew now there was a man who came, died on the cross for me, and because of that, I was going to heaven. And I was ready to tell everybody. The boy was easy saying, all you got to do is say it and believe it. And I've got to, because of that now, when I take my last breath, I go to heaven. It's been since then I learned that, that God rewards you when you're obedient to Him, when He gives you crowns, when you do the things, when you're when you're strong, you put on that whole armor of God. And it, it sometimes you, you know, I wonder what's going to be like when I get there. The things I've done that I get a crown for. Then I can one day cast at his feet. 
to say thank you, God, for what you did for me. I ran that race, but I might not have run it good. I stumbled and I failed, but you picked me up. I got wayward and went the wrong direction, and you called me home. You were always there to pick me up. In my trials and my troubles and my tribulations, you carried me. In my heartaches, you were there. In my joyous times, you rejoiced with me. Lord, I want to run my race. I want to be like Paul said, I finished my course. I kept the faith. But I look at my life and say, Lord, what will I say? God, I finished my course. I'm sorry. I didn't keep it like I should. But see, day to day, we can say, Lord, help steer me in the right direction. Help me to take my armor and put it on correctly. You know, a lot of us, what we need to do is just come and say, Father, I just need to get closer to you. I need to seek you in the morning. I need to seek you during the day. Before I go to bed, you need to be on my mind constantly. Help me to do that. Some of us need to say, Lord, I need patience. Oh, don't ask for patience. Ask for patience and let God give it to you. Don't get it from the world. It's harder that way. Some of you just need to say, Lord, forgive me. I've carried this burden by myself without bringing it to you. <coughs> I keep fighting the battle knowing that you are the God of battle who will fight it for me. See, every one of us struggle in our walk and in our race every day. How will you end your race? How are you in this battle that you're in? John said in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of the love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. What a wonderful, wonderful promise. I want to close with this. Revelation 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I open the door and open the door. I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, Will I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I overcame and sat down with my father in his throne? Today he knocks on our door. And he said, How are you running your race? When you run it better, with me, right there with you. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, approaching the throne of grace, Father, every one of us here are running a race. Everyone that's watching are running the race too. 
Father, a lot of times as we run this race, we don't do it as we should. We become wayward. We run off. We're not obedient. We're not seeking as we should. Lord, we're like the blind just stumbling into walls. So, Father, Lord, I pray you would help us each to examine our heart as you know our heart. Show us this morning those things which are hindering us as Christians. <coughs> Father, if there's somebody here or somebody that's watching or listening that doesn't know you, Lord, I pray that you help them to see the truth. Father, they been, could have been coming to church their entire life but never truly accepted you. So, Lord, I pray you touch hearts this morning. Father, forgive me for not running as I should. Show me the path I need to go down. Lord, have your way. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Gina?